This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash CSR to download your free audiobook. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash CSR for a free audiobook. And by The Country Squire. Visit thecountrysquireonline.com to discover custom pipes, handcrafted blends, and unparalleled customer service. Thecountrysquireonline.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, how are you doing this evening? You know, I'm doing good. It's Labor Day. Man, great stuff uh, going on with you uh, this, yeah. this upcoming week, man. You got the uh, Celtic Fest, right? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. This is a great time of year for us. Uh, as you know, we kind of had a big August, and... Uh, propelling ourselves on in towards football season in the fall. Uh, yeah, this coming weekend, we've got a, a big local event called Celtic Fest. We're always heavily involved there, and uh, we'll have a booth. That'll be a whole lot of fun. And uh, on after that, we'll have a few weeks off and then uh, head on down to New Orleans, man. So yes, sir. it's going to be a great time. But if you are local and uh, don't have anything going on this coming weekend, uh, come join us at Celtic Fest at the Ag Museum on Lakeland Drive in Jackson. Uh, bring your kilt if you've got one. And uh, if you don't, just be sure to wear some kind of green or you might get uh, assaulted. <laughs> Dude, I am excited. Y'all it's always some, a lot of fun. Always uh, showcasing some really excellent pipes. Yeah, and, uh, it's, and it's a good time. We bring out a lot of pipes, a lot of tobacco. Uh, you know, there's a big scotch tasting, a traditional Irish Kaylee dance. And uh, yeah, it's just a good time in Highland Games where these big guys go out there and uh, throw these giant rocks and, you know, act terrifying. So. Right, right. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's great, man. We're yeah. looking forward to it. Look, my daughter especially is really into the Kaylee dancing. And yeah. So we're really excited uh, I, to bring her this I can year. imagine. Yeah, yeah that's it's, right. It's going to be fun. That's right. Uh, you know, man, I, I just got back in town. I was in St. Louis. Um, it was a, a seven hour drive, which is just terrible. I don't, you know, it could be worse. I, I've got a rule, which is if it's over six hours, I fly. Okay. And I broke it this time just so I could stop through Memphis and get breakfast at Brother Juniper's, which okay. I know I've talked about before. It's one of the best breakfast places on earth, yeah. if not the best breakfast place on earth. What, what, did, what kind of stuff do they serve? They, they do, man, they've got this gyro uh, omelet. Okay. Where it's like it's goat meat and tomatoes and like green onions and and regular onions and goat cheese and then you've got and it's like this three egg omelet it's massive yeah and uh, you get that you get country fries you know which are just those potatoes yeah 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 and then uh, and then cheese grits right and a biscuit. And coffee. And then afterwards, did they provide you with a cot for a nap? Afterwards, I had to drive four hours. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I'm not saying that it was a uh, not dangerous undertaking. I completely regret this decision. No, it was so <laughs> worth it. Although midway through, I reminded myself like, oh yeah, like if I wanted to, I could split this with another person. Plus, yep. the last time I ate this was in a different, like my pre-loss of weight time in life. Yeah. When I was more equipped to handle that caliber, like that that much food. We should make mention of the fact that it is Labor Day. It is. And uh, you you were laboring on your porch. Yeah, I did. I worked uh, worked all afternoon today. I was uh, kind of scraping and, uh, you know, did some wood fill and uh, sanding and all that stuff, getting ready to paint the porch. So, uh, man, my porch is just a big traditional kind of bungalow style porch, old house built in 1930. And uh, it's just got a lot of wear on it, man. So we're going to have to... Spend a little time. Uh, You're not changing the color up. Loving there. it and all that. Nope, nope. Still going to keep the color, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. we just got to gotta paint it, protect the, protect it, and, uh, you know, 
it's painting's just not very fun. That's part of it, man. <laughs> it's not very fun. That's one thing when you own a a house in a you know a historic neighborhood. I mean, the the charm is definitely there. We love all that stuff, but doggone if you know there's just always some kind of maintenance that you have to do but i need to hurry up and get it though because my porch is where i smoke my pipe so that's you know i I was even thinking um last evening i've got the whole thing in a rack and i'm trying not to you know i've got all the furniture pulled off and everything and uh last night i was like man i could go for a whiskey and a, a bowl of you know my my pipe and um man it just i i just couldn't do it man i couldn't do it Crazy. So I grieved. What about, I mean, beyond <laughs> beyond uh, just the uh, the upkeep, did you have anything else Labor Day-wise? You barbecue up? You know, not really. Uh, just, yeah, I went to church and uh, worked around the house a good bit. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of low-key. Kind of low-key. Right. What about you? Yeah, we visited some family this evening. You know, everybody in my family has been diseased at some point. My youngest <laughs> had it bad. She gave it to me actually right before I went on this road trip. Yeah. I came back. Um, our, my oldest has it right now. And so it's just kind of been traveling throughout the family. Although my wife has intentionally tried to like uh, get sick. Like she's done everything within her power. And part of it is because... Why is this? Well, you know, are, are you familiar with echinacea? Uh, it's like these flowers, these dried flowers that you're supposed to eat. Oh, that's not one of those countries down there by Australia. No, no, but it doesn't does sound like that, right? No, no. She uh, She's big into the belief of, of taking echinacea to uh, either cure you or limit the amount of time through which you're sick. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, man, she's uh, she's she's big into that. And so she is, yeah. she's purposefully trying to get herself sick as she is downing the echinacea just to prove its healing effects. I, you know... I don't really support that. <laughs> I certainly don't. I don't know. That that's interesting. Oh, uh, her and her fly by night uh remedies. I, well, you know what? She's uh <laughs> if she, it worked, I mean she is a you know trained in all that. She's stuff. the doctor. Yeah. So right on the line right now, we have got uh somebody that we have admired from afar. And by afar, I mean he is literally on the other side of the country. So far uh, north. He's uh, not even in America. He's not even in the country. He's one of those Canadians. Yeah. We're, man, we're tickled to have from Vancouver, Canada, uh, Reborn Pipes. And st- his name is actually Steve. Steve. <laughs> How are you, man? Hey, doing good. Good to be here. Welcome to the show, brother. Uh, just first off the bat, man. So Reborn Pipes, uh, you've been doing this thing of refurbishing pipes for, for quite some time. How did you get into this as, as, uh, as a hobby and, and kind of pseudo career here? <laughs> well, actually, I'm, I'm a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor, a church planner. And uh, one of the things that if you know anything about what I do, you you never finished with your work. That's right. <laughs> but I was looking for something that I could actually sit down and finish. You know, when I get done with the day, I could sit down and finish up something and I'd had a finished product in my hand. And so I uh, smoked a pipe for a long time. I had two at that point in the game. And I thought, man, I need to get a few more pipes for this rotation thing. And so I started buying up the state pipes and cleaning them up. And that's just kind of how you fell into it or whatever. I started. Man, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> so I asked questions. I called. I had a good friend, Steve Downey, of Downey Pipes, who was nearby. So I did a lot of talking to Steve and asked a million questions and talked to, uh, I don't know, quite a few people. Ronnie Bickerson and Dave Wolf and all over the place and just said, how do you do this? How do you do this? And they're all really forthcoming and helping me out. You know, we're a long ways north. Nobody likes shipping stuff up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I guess over time you've kind of developed, uh, you know, obviously following and enough to kind of keep your, you know, interest in this going alongside your ministry. And so uh, do folks ship from to you from all over Canada and now the United States as well? Yeah, you know, some. For a long time I just didn't do it. I didn't accept any shipping, didn't take any because I just uh, I just was doing it myself and selling them. 
Yeah. It was just kind of just a hobby. I didn't want to make it a business. That kind of wrecks things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was something that I enjoyed doing for the fun of it. And, and as soon as you start getting paid for it, it's no longer, I don't know, it's, it loses some of its charm. I hear you, man. Well, look, I, so, I, I just want to say, um, you know, when, when you offered to, uh, to take my bulldog and, uh, bring it back to life. I got to tell you, that was, uh, that was a real treat. And actually that, that pipe has become a little bit of a, a celebrity in and of itself. Like whenever I go to these meetups, I like to bring it specifically along with me just so I can show off your handiwork <laughs> just cause I'm so impressed by it. So thank you. Thank uh, you. No, it's no problem. Since you guys have done that, I've gotten a lot of stuff being shipped here. I'm sure. Well, you know, we actually, we had somebody recently who asked, uh, you know, who we recommend and, uh, yeah. And we said, well, we don't necessarily have official, but we kind of do, which is you got to send it up to Canada. I got to get it up to Reborn. That's right. That's right. Re yeah, no, so I've been starting to do a little more than I was. And so I've got, I tend to do a lot for our pipe club up here. And then I've done a lot over, over the years for Smokers Forum and then for PSU as well as fundraisers, you know, repairing, fixing, and then auctioning off. And uh, I just finished, uh, uh, you know, I'm still working on a fundraiser for our Nepal project. And I've sold about $400 worth of repaired pipes and got probably another 400 to go to wow. help with the folks in Nepal. That's really great. And, and I, I guess you're referring to the earthquake uh, victims over there. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's really wonderful. If, if folks uh, listening and uh, watching live tonight uh, want to get involved on that, is there a way that uh, we can get involved? Betcha. The, uh, it depends on what you want to do. If you have pipes you want to, you can donate that you want to sell, or I'll be putting up pipes shortly on the different forums. Also, I'm on my Facebook page in terms of ones that are for sale. If people want to buy one, they can buy them, and all the proceeds go to the project in Nepal. That's wonderful. I'm paying the shipping and everything else so that nothing comes out of that donation. Um, well, that's, that's really great. I, I love this, man, and, and this seems to be kind of a common theme whenever we have you know, pastors or, or people in the kind of the, the, in any kind of ministry or missions work, the pipe ends up playing kind of a significant role. And I love how you've kind of ended up, you know, putting this, uh, putting this to use in this way. It dovetails together nicely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it works out well. I, about, oh, probably now 12, 13 years ago, I started working for an NGO that deals with human trafficking. Mm. So I've been uh, doing that now for 13 years. I'm the director of mentorship and community development. So I do a lot of our training of global leaders. And I'm heading out again on Sunday, a week Sunday, uh, to Germany, to Berlin, and then on to Budapest, where I'm going to sit and smoke my pipe with a couple of buddies there. Wow, man, that's amazing. That's Golly. awesome. Yeah, uh, man, be sure to, uh, to bring warm tidings from Country Squire Radio uh, around around hey, with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, so it won't be a problem. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's great, that is wonderful. Hey, yeah, you know, so I have this old Tinsky that I take with me. It's been around the planet with me. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. I'm sure Mr. Tinsky would uh, would appreciate that. That is great. Yeah, you he built a new stem for it already once, and. Uh, but it's it's gone everywhere with me, including Nepal. So, all around the world. You mentioned that you kind of started off. You had two pipes when you kind of first got it got into. How many how many pipes do you have now? Oh man, <laughs> um, I probably have close to two hundred in my own collection, and then I've got boxes of finished pipes that I've repaired and that I'm selling. So I'm probably sitting in the neighborhood of two, three, four hundred pipes, maybe. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. They, I, these are the people I want to be when I grow up. Yeah, I know, right? That's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. It's yeah, really most great. Most of those are, are going to go. Most of them are for sale. But, yeah, it's it's funny. I'm, just, I'm in the middle of working on a set now that I'll be selling on Smokers Forum as a fundraiser for them. Yeah. These three gorgeous 
Edwards pipes that I just and that I just finished. One of them is uh, I don't know if you can see it. Oh wow, yeah, that's a beauty. And it was it's just natural finish, and then this apple. And then Gorgeous. finally, this they call this a, a big apple, and I don't know why that's called a big apple. But <laughs> is that an apple-shaped bowl? To me, it's a brandy, but yeah. according to the Edwards charts, it's an apple. Yeah, I hear I hear a lot of uh, of of late people coming in the shop and being like, "Yeah, yeah, that apple shape right there," and I'm like, "That's." That's certainly a brandy, but yeah, I, nice I don't know. Me. A lot of uh, a lot of crossover has been going on there recently yeah, for some reason. I, you know, I don't know. It's to me, it's a brandy, but there's some beautiful piece of briar yeah. in there, and they came and they're really rough. They're beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I bet you had your uh, work cut out for you on some of those. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they came out really cool though, and they're now it's kind. Of, I'm looking at them. I think, man, I think I want to keep that one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, <laughs> l- l- let me ask, what is uh some of the hardest things that you've had to do as far as restoring and you know rehabilitating a pipe? Can can you think of something that uh comes to mind that might just have been one of your uh you know most difficult cases or most w- weird or extreme cases of having to refab a pipe, refurb a pipe? I think I think for me the heart the you know everything seems to go in stages. So I, I learned how to do finishes, and I'd work my butt off learning to do finishes. Yeah, and I'm getting to where that's actually easy now. And I did stems and the fitting of a stem to a yeah. shank for a long time. That was painful. Yeah, and and I spent so much anal time working on it that it's actually gotten pretty good. But <laughs> at, uh, at one point, you know. I, it's now I see other people's stuff and I go, oh, man, you rounded the shoulders. It looks like crap. Uh-huh. You overbuffed it. Uh-huh. Oh, you, have you become crazy. a little of a snob now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but it's hard earned. So that was the hard one for me. I think some of the other ones that have been kind of fun, uh, probably challenges have been some of the, I have them on my, on my blog, RebornPipes.com, where I've done what I call Frankenpipes. Yeah. And this is one of them. Uh, it's actually part of a metal flashlight. <laughs> really? The stem is? No, the shank. Oh it yeah, 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 yeah. I see that. Yeah. The bowl was by itself. I made a metal. I made a uh, wooden plug, ran it to the bowl, and then joined the thing together with stainless, and then built, built the stem for it. So that was a challenge. That Man. is that is really cool. Yeah. It, it's a... and this this old boy was uh, is actually three pipes. Wow, seriously? And it become one. Yeah, it's an it's an old uh, it was an old apple or I mean uh, alpha came out of or Anderson's out of Israel. Yeah. And, uh, somebody sent it to me. It had been chopped down to where it was about a, three quarters of an inch tall. Man. And I had an old bowl and I made a stack out of the thing and then added a whole new uh, <laughs> stem and shape to it. And uh, were you able to you you added a stack to it. I mean, did you have to epoxy the different pieces of briar together, or how did that? What I did is I actually drilled and pegged it. Yeah. I just, I kind of figured, you know, it's woodwork. So then what I did is in the top half of the bowl, I drilled a series of five holes around the ring. Okay. Put stainless pegs in it, then matched the pegs in the base, bound them together, and epoxied it together with the pegs for sure. But trying to keep no epoxy inside, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then I rusticated the bowl with kind of a tree bark finish to join the two together. So now it's ver- it's pretty hard to tell that it's just, it's not one pipe. No, man, that, I, I would have never known if you hadn't told the story. You, you throw the switch and the Franken pipe is a... Uh, it's alive! It's alive, that's right. <laughs> I've done a few, and I think probably for me those have been... I, I do those about every probably three, four months. I take all the junk pipe stuff I got laying around in my yeah. boxes 
I just kind of lay them out on the table like a puzzle and go, oh, I wonder what that would look like. That is such a cool concept. It's almost like the fruitcake of pipes. You know, you just take all the scraps, <laughs> all the scraps kind of left over and just kind of throw it in there and, man, just see what happens. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is really great. Some bamboo shank pipes that I've made and other things, mm. but all of them are, again, learning lessons on how to join shanks together and learning how to bind with pegs and those kind of things. So it's just learning how to do the craft. Right. So every Franken pipe is actually a school. Yeah, no doubt. That's great. Hey, Reborn, uh, Steve, uh, give us kind of an idea, you know, um, of what the pipe scene is like in Vancouver. You had mentioned that, uh, you know, you kind of do some work for some of your club members up there. Kind of give us an insight into what it's like in Vancouver to, to be a pipe smoker. Uh, Vancouver's pretty rough being a pipe smoker, actually. They have a, a bylaw that you can no longer smoke on public parks or along the beaches or waterways. Nothing. No pipes, no cigarettes, no cigars, nothing. So in Vancouver? It impossible. Yeah, it's pretty um, destructive. You can't smoke in buildings. They've made that illegal. You can't smoke on patios. They're just passing a bylaw that we won't be able to smoke in cars with kids with us in the car. So it's pretty anti anti-pipe smoke, and yet more and more young guys are picking it up. Yeah, yeah. Where, where do yeah. people go to smoke their pipes, Steve? I mean, do you have to Most do it kind of in your... just kind of ignore the rules and walk along with their pipe in their mouth and walk down the street. Yeah, it's yeah. Canada. Just kind of... <laughs> Let's just, you know, I, I guess the worst thing that can happen is they, they ask you to put it out or something, but... But um, it's a fine. It can be a pretty stiff fine if they want to. All right yeah. on. Yeah. I, sitting at a, buck, a bus stop, well, not probably a year ago with an old guy, he was sitting smoking a cigarette and I had my pipe in my hand and probably four feet to my left were two guys with a crack pipe firing up a crack pipe. Yeah. And uh, the police came rolling over, you know, the lights were splashing. I thought, Oh man, they're busted. They ignored them and they came and gave the old guy that had the. <laughs> You're kidding me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, this is why I just am really having trouble with, uh, with society. today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's mind boggling. So, yep. you know, the pipe club, we rent a, we rent a cigar shop or basically a cigar club and us share a building. It's basically a garage. It's not the best place in the world, but it, it works. Um, a couple of the old legions have grandfather clauses that allow them to have cigarettes and pipes. Good. So we can go to those places. That's great. But no more pipes, no more of any of that stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I guess your tobacconists can't uh, allow people to smoke in, indoors either. Is that right? No, that's exactly right. Yeah. And even if you could, I, you know, it's tobacco here is so crazy pricey. I bought a, once a year, I try to go in and buy a tin of something from our local tobacconist yeah. just to keep, but uh, just for instance, a tin of Christmas cheer, you know, I don't know what, I think you charged me, John David, when I ordered from you about 24 bucks or 23 bucks. Or yeah. I think like the MSRP that. on it is, you know, around, around 23 to 25, something like that. In Canada, that same tin costs about 85 bucks. Wow. Dang. Wow. We couldn't afford to do this podcast. <laughs> no, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Dunhill, um, just like EMP or something like that, runs me about 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's phenomenal, you know, uh, and, and then again, just like you say, other, uh, substances are, are encouraged to use. It's, it's just kind of this yeah, strange. It makes no, it doesn't make sense to me. It's a strange thing we uh, live in. Yeah. Kind of this blanket wiping out of pipe tobacco on everybody else with a, with a wide brush. And then at the same time, you can walk down the street and guys are smoking joints and it's not a big deal. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious though, like take us back. How did you first get into the pipe? Well, I don't know. I was 
I was a teenager and uh, all the kids were smoking cigarettes. I couldn't stand them. And so I went out and bought my first pipe. And I think it was a, I'm pretty sure it was a Medeco gold band or something like that. It was a, just a straight pipe with a filter. Nobody told me I had to change it, so I never did. <laughs> yeah, I was right there I with you. Filter, and I, I smoked, uh, I basically borked them riff. And we would sit out, it was probably my junior year of high school, we'd sit outside the principal's office because it was across the street from the school. We'd sit and smoke our pipes and philosophize and just have a great time together. You know, I, I think listening to your story, it tracks with mine a lot. I was, uh, you know, coming along around the same time and, uh, you know, my friends were starting to pick up cigarettes and even, you know, chewing tobacco and this kind of stuff. And uh, I, I was the guy that was going to be different and smoke a pipe. And, uh, man, I'm glad I did. I went to the drugstore, got me a, a Dr. Grabo and, you know, some of the just wettest, nastiest black Cavendish I could find. And, uh, man, just, just went to town. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, if, if I'd paid attention, I would have quit because it was, uh, I, I remember burning my tongue and yeah. burning the inside of my mouth and just frying the thing. Couldn't eat, couldn't chew anything. It was bad. <laughs> so where did you pick up your skill? Just, uh, just powering through or are we able to kind of connect with some people? In terms of pipe smoking? Yeah. I think, I think probably I worked as a waiter in a hotel and there was an old guy. He was probably, I wrote about it on my blog, one of my stories and he, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he was about probably my age now, so 60. And he'd come in every week on Friday night and have dinner at our hotel restaurant. It was a very nice, it was a posh place. We had an organist that played kind of Lawrence Welke kind of garbage in the back. And this <laughs> old boy would come in and he'd set up the first table and he'd order his gin and tonic. And then he'd eat his dinner. And afterwards, he'd load up a pipe and he'd sit and smoke his pipe right there in the restaurant. And so... I, on breaks, I would smoke mine. So one day I just went over to him and I said, hey, can you show me what I'm doing? Yeah, like, I have no idea how to do this. I just, I'm doing it and half the time it works and half the time I, I haven't got a clue. And so he sat me down and we sat there probably for 45 minutes and he went through the ritual. Man, he's and, your only uh, one. He was one of those old guys that he used to even smoke his cigars in his pipe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, there's still a few of those around. Yep. The top of the pipe. That's crazy. But it was an old Dunhill. He had an old Dunhill, and he didn't mock my Medico or whatever it was, Grabo, and he didn't mock my Borkham Rift tobacco, but he gave me a sample of some of his Dunhill tobaccos, and we just sat and smoked our pipes at that front table in the restaurant for probably an hour. And that was probably my first lesson, so to speak. That's good. That's man. really great. It is. A and when I was a kid, my uncle smoked a pipe, too, so I watched a lot. You kind of, yeah, kind of had some, some built-in um you know, teachers there. It's it's amazing the folks that are able to stick with it that never had anyone to teach them. You know, yeah, and, I, and I think yeah. about nowadays too, uh, with the proliferation of uh, you know, YouTube videos and just resources that people can turn to. Like, man, what did you do? But you know, before when you just went to the store and got a pipe and some tobacco and sat in your living room with you know, a, a you you know, a lot of times probably didn't even have a tamp or maybe didn't even know to buy pipe cleaners. You know, it's just it's yeah. the funniest thing. Like, how do you? Uh, you know, how did people even, even do it and stick with it? And yet they did. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just, and I don't know, for me, it was just a matter of, I wasn't going to let the thing beat me because yeah. I thought it was cool. So nice. I wanted to learn, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, given that you are, you know, you, you mentioned before you're a Presbyterian minister, you've got also kind of a unique perspective on this. I'm curious, were you smoking your pipe throughout seminary? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I, 
I quit for a little while. I went through the Bill Gothard phase. Yeah. I got rid of everything, you know, the, the evangelical mush for a little while. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> got rid of all my pipes and, and that old first pipe disappeared. But my daughter, my first daughter was born in 82. And the day she was born, I, I went and got myself a pipe at 7-Eleven and I bought a pouch of tobacco. And from then on, it was back to pipes. Nice. And then uh, that was in seminary. My would be third year of seminary right. at Westminster. That's funny. So, is is your congregation has your congregation been aware of you smoking a pipe? Because I know we we get a lot of write-ins from ministers who who very specifically ask for us never to use their names because they're concerned about you know how their congregation might take it that they smoke a pipe. And so, I'm kind of yeah, curious I, as to your experience. I, it wasn't a big deal. I, mine didn't think it was a big deal. Many, yeah. of, in fact, many of them ended up smoking pipes, so we'd end up sitting around having our pipes together. I feel like most preachers would find that to be the case. So yeah, I think, you know what I, I mean? think so too. Even yeah. even in the more Baptisty circles, you right. know what I mean? I think that I think you'd be surprised, right? But uh, that's we, that's awesome. We jokingly say that PCA. I'm a PCA minister, and we say PCA stands for pipes, pipes. cigars, and alcohol. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we we say that down I, here in the PCA I, as well. I've never heard yeah. that, but I really like that. Yeah, I re- I I'll, I will definitely have to remember that one. <laughs> yeah. well, that's awesome. Man. That's so great. Just about uh, probably all the guys around now. My son-in-law is now smoking a pipe, and I gave him his first pipe when he was in my youth group in high school. He was a senior, graduated. Right, right. His dad and mom thought it was a cool deal, so I gave him his first pipe, and he <laughs> married my daughter. and So now he refurbishes pipes, and he gets a lot of pipes and tobacco. That is Man, so cool. So you've been apprenticing him on uh, on the craft? Yeah, a little bit here and there. He's come by. He'll come and spend three four hours with me if he finds old pipes that he wants to work on. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, you know, JD asked you about like a, you know, kind of a referencing a, a real challenge for you. Have you ever refurbished a pipe that you just kind of like, man, this one right here that you kind of like stamp down as kind of your, your proudest moment? Yeah. You know, I, I've got a couple of real old timers that I've, that I've done that I, that I really, really like. And, uh, one of them, well, there's two of them actually. One's a horn stem. It's a, Basically, it was put together by GFB, which is an American maker. Yeah. And it's a little bent bulldog. Oh, wow. And it is, did you say, uh, did you say, Steve, that was a horn stem? It's a horn stem. Yeah. And when I got it, the, the stem on it, the, the finish was gone. The pipe was unsmoked. The finish was gone, and the stem was just, I don't know if somebody used it for a prop or what they'd done, but they'd <laughs> nod their way through the underside of it. And, uh, it was, it was, the horn was beginning to splinter. And I basically, I took and, uh, stabilized the horn and then polished the dickens of it and used, uh, a super glue and mix that I did on the bottom side to repair the big split where they chewed out the hole. Yeah. Right. And now it's, it, you can't tell. That's probably my favorite one. That's really great. Yeah. Any, any idea what kind of horn that is? I, I guess it'd be yeah, hard it's to. It's cow horn. It's cow horn. Okay. Okay. It's beautiful. It's uh, it's kind of a it's been around probably the pipe's about eighteen fifty. Wow, as best I can Man. tell. And wow. the uh, the horns, you know, so the horns one hundred and what is that one hundred and seventy years old, something like that. So we have to ask: Have you smoked it? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was unsmoked before. Right. That was before, but that was before <laughs> unsmoked. But um, there's nothing. I mean, just the the horn stem is such a unique experience. I don't know if you smoked the horn stem, but it's such a different feel in the mouth, and 
either um, lucite or vulcanite. Yeah, I, I only had the opportunity to smoke one one time, and uh, it was a not my pipe; it was a friend's pipe. But uh, yeah, it was very different. The the kind of clacky, chattery uh, feeling on my teeth was very. Very different, but it was very pleasing, really. I enjoyed it. Does the Squire carry any horn stems? Well, we don't. No, we sure don't. I'm really curious. Maybe I'll see one when we're down in New Orleans. Yeah. No, yeah. Right now, there's a, I, just an advert, and I have no ties to them at all, but Smoking Pipes is selling a bunch of ROPs, unsmoked ROPs, that are all horn stems. That's right. And oh. I, I think that's the one I smoked uh, as well, was one of those uh, from that from that batch. Yep. Yep. Some of them have a very thick stem. This uh, 150, 60, 70 year old pipe has its stem is really thin, so it's really comfortable. Yeah. And you'd mentioned with that one in particular, when you got it, it was all chewed up, even though it was never smoked. Yeah. Crazy. I think it must have been used as a prop for something. Yeah. Hmm. Somebody was playing Sherlock Holmes yeah, <laughs> in a, in a like high that. school play or Some something like that. Somewhere was just gnawing on it while he was thinking, but it had never been smoked. Crazy, man. That's amazing. I have quite a few old ones like that that are kind of the. Kind of my, they're they're fun. I, I collect a lot of the older GFBs and and kind of um, CPF. Those are two brand U.S. brands. One's Colossus Pipe Factory out of New York. Both of those were done in the 1800s. Wow. And I collect quite a few of those. I rebuilt those. I, I made one uh, Briar Calabash that was fun. It was a challenge. Somebody gave me a. It was um, Hilson Bowl. Yeah, and I took and I put a bri I put a uh, meerschaum cup in it. Wow, that came out great, Steve. Wow. Briar calabash. That's a gorgeous. That's really great. I, I really like the uh, briar calabashes that I've seen recently. That's that's great. It's a, it's a cool smoking pipe. No, it's uh, basically the bowl is inset with a cork basket, so it pops in, pops out. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So cool. uh, yeah, it was. A, it came out beautifully. Those those are a couple of the ones that are favorites. I would say. Have you ever had the chance to go back? Because I know that you do a lot of, I mean, you've done several blog posts on, on new pipes that you're working on or, or, you know, kind of before and after and throughout the process. Have you ever gone back and kind of cataloged your hundreds of pipes that you just have as far as just your, your collection? It's not online. I haven't put it online at all. It's just uh, handwritten at this point in the game. <laughs> it's basically three separate collections. I have an English collection of old timers, BBB and GBD and Kamoys. Yeah. That kind of line. And I have old American collection with some of the older, you know, GFB, CPF, those kind of brands that are way back. Way, way back. Yeah. With some of the old Graybos and things, right? I picked up way back. Linkman's and the old timer Graybo ones and the, yeah. with the propeller thing on it. And then I've got a collection of newer carvers. So I've got Tinsky, Hishan, those kind of guys. And I've got some, uh, oh, Larry. Oh, I can't even Rob, I can't remember his name now. But a bunch of the old timer uh, new guys that are carving. I've got yeah. some Downies. I've got some uh Dan Sheblove out of Pennsylvania. I've got a couple of his. I've yeah. got a couple of uh uh Jack Howells that I just love. So I've got three basic collections. Yeah. Are they would you say that uh, all of them you've you've had a chance to smoke or do you have some of them that uh, are are just for collectors purposes? No, they've all been small. That's what I love to hear. That's what I was hoping for. Now, I yeah, wasn't going to judge you, but, uh, but you know, if, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of if, have, if you're buying my, smoke. In my collection, I have one Tinsky that I haven't smoked. Is that right? Yeah, I, I bought it on sight unseen from a guy, and Tinsky sent it to me, and I, I love the pictures of it. But I, it was in those days when you don't pay attention to size, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And so when the thing came, it's just huge. It's like a war club. <laughs> I put it in my mouth and I feel like it's like, you know, pulling my teeth out. So I, I just, I, I haven't smoked that one. Everything right. else has been smoked. Well, you know, if you ever get the chance to go back, I mean, I know you've always got your hands full with, with new projects and you've been, you've been so uh, wonderful to, to us and, and just kind of to the internet as a whole to share your handiwork. Um, I, I feel that there's a lot of people who have come to us with kind of questions and, and looking for education and we've sent them your way. And I know they've just really enjoyed your blog and, and seeing your work there. But if you ever do get the opportunity to just kind of post out some pictures of your, your grander collection, I know I would love to kind of comb through some of those pics. Yeah, me too. Uh, you can see some of them I put on the blog. Like I put my Tinsky collection on the blog. I put my Kalish collection. A few of those collections are on the blog. Awesome. That's great. Well, now, Steve, if somebody is listening, maybe they've got a pipe that uh, is is on the brink of catastrophe and, and they're kind of <laughs> thinking, you know what? It's worth that trip up to Canada. Where would they go? Where do they need to reach out to you and, and possibly set something up? Just You can email me through the blog or you can email, you know, post a message on Facebook on the Reborn Pipes part of Facebook or my own Facebook page. And what's your website, Steve? Our uh, website is RebornPipes.com. Excellent. And we, of course, will have that in the uh, in the show notes for this particular episode. Fire me an email at, at slaw at Uniserve.com. Sounds good, man. Well, Steve, man, we, we can't thank you enough just for uh, all the, the wonderful work you've done in the pipe community and then also just taking the time to come on the show. I know we wanted to have you for a long time, and uh, it just it thrilled us th- this morning to find out that you'd be able to come on tonight. So thank you so much. All right, it worked out good. I just got back from Nepal, and I'm heading out to Germany, so you caught me in a good window. <laughs> right on, brother. <laughs> That's great. Thanks for all the work you do, man. We appreciate you a lot. Yes, sir. You have a good all one. Right. Okay, thanks, guys. Man, what a great interview with Reborn. It w- that was excellent. Was we it not incredible? Time. It was It was really great. Absolutely incredible. Lo- lo- love our friend in Vancouver. Yeah, dude, and he's rocking a beard. He is rocking a killer beard, too. I, I think that's probably just a go-to for him. I mean, you would think, right? Yeah. I kind of always expected. I, I've been kind of getting some, uh, I don't know, some flack on, there's some pushback maybe on my decision to keep my beard short lately. And, and I think mostly it's because my beard is red and I'm kind of self-conscious of it. Well, that. you know, you got to do what you got to do. But I mean, you you trade off, right? Your yeah. uh, your facial hair goes long instead of the short or, or something yeah, of that yeah, nature. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I'm definitely rocking, uh, you know, longer hair nowadays. So uh, I don't know. It might just be a little overwhelming if I had a big beard. Too. Well, you got kind of an elven look, which is good because, you know, I've been really interested in this new book. I, well, it's not new. I shouldn't say yeah. that. It's new to me. Yeah. Uh, it's called Storm Rage. You know, really? I've mentioned before uh, being into kind of the world of Warcraft and the novels and that sort of thing. That's right. They had this book that came out a couple of years ago called Storm Rage about this kind of uh, elven leader, uh, uh, dark elf or, or night elf, I should say. Say within okay. the the universe, and uh, and you know I always kind of dismissed it because the night elves in the game were not necessarily of particular interest. But they have a new expansion coming out to the game. It's going to be very night elf centric. This character of Stormrage in particular is going to be a huge portion of it. Yeah, and a lot of what happens in this book is going to influence the game. And so it's given me the opportunity to go back and say I'm going to pick up this book. And what, what's the name of the book again? It's book? called Stormrage. Stormrage. Yeah, okay. it's one word. One word. Okay. And uh, and if someone were, wanted to find this book and maybe uh, you know get a hold of it and uh, listen to the, all the great content, where would they find that? Oh man, you know you got to check it out at audibletrial.com/csr. And if you go there right now, you get a free audio book. So audibletrial.com slash CSR. Pipe question of the week. All right. Pipe question of the week this week comes into us from the New Orleans Pipe Show. Go to nolapipeshow.com today to register yourself because you know what? It is coming up. 
So, I'm so excited, man. It's just a few weeks away here. And um, I don't know. I'm starting to get chill bumps. The, uh, the the folks around the shop, there's a whole crew of us going. I mean, just a big, big contingent. We've actually been challenged. The Magnolia Pipe Club here in central Mississippi yep. has actually been challenged to a long smoke competition by our friends in New Orleans. So, uh, man, it's just it's just going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm, I'm really excited. It's going to be like a vacation. Uh, you know, I'll get down there. I'll be completely broke and uh, won't, <laughs> won't be able to buy any of these fancy pipes that we'll see. But uh, yeah, get a we're really looking forward to to catching up with a lot of friends and um and meeting a bunch of carvers. Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. So be sure that you're there for that. All right, uh, Daniel Sanford writes in. He says this is a noob smoking question in his own words. He says in the first Hobbit movie, as Bilbo has a good morning conversation with Gandalf, he flutters the bowl of his pipe as he takes a puff. What is the purpose or technique of this? Yeah. And I, I, yeah. you know, I, I think I, to be honest with you, it's probably mostly a uh, just a, you know, theatrical device. But, uh, you know, I have seen people that, you know, in order to, to kind of stoke their flame up a little bit, for whatever reason, they will kind of cover the bowl some. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how effective that is, but uh, that is something that that I do see people do. Uh, you know, I think trying to get a good, uh, you know, grip on his pipe there, covering the bowl and, uh, you know, just getting comfortable with it. Bilbo probably, uh, you know, I'm sure Peter Jackson was very interested in the uh, the aesthetics of that scene. But, um, yeah, you know, I have seen people uh, try to cover the top of their pipe up a little bit in order to, to stoke it up. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, there's a lot of folks that come in the shop and they do all kinds of stuff uh, to their pipe because they think it helps. I've actually seen folks... Uh, try to light the bottom of their pipe almost right. almost like uh you know you might smoke some other type of substance that isn't illegal in all 48 states or 50 states uh you know it's just kind of funny i everyone's got their own little little trick but uh yeah so anyway i'm not not particularly familiar with that but it could be helpful for some people you know i i kind of always thought it like you said as, as a bit theatrical maybe a choice by the actor um I'm, for, I'm blanking on his name right now but he also plays uh watson in the uh the bbc sherlock okay and phenomenal actor but I, I always kind of thought it was a decision on his part because as if you recall when he starts doing it it's later in the conversation like before when he's just sitting there he's just kind of smoking his pipe but as Gandalf starts walking up he starts to get very nervous so I always saw yeah. it as more of like a like a fidgety thing almost yeah. like a nervous tick yeah uh, but I never really thought about it as the fact that it could be trying to just kind of heat up the bowl, maybe trying to speed along the smoke so we could kind of, you know, <laughs> get away from this creepy there old guy. There was ner- a nervous twitch there, I think, that was part of the scene. Yeah, yeah, no, it could be. Well, that's a good question. Look, I, any any kind of question like that, the wonderful thing about this one is not only is it asking about pipe techniques, it's also asking a bit of pipe culture. So uh, feel free to send those in. That was a great one, Daniel. Send them in at CSR at Pottery.com. Quick, quick fire, quick fire with, with the squire. squire. All right, quick fire questions. Actually, these these go pretty well with that. Uh, these come in as a combination of questions asked to us by uh, Chris Bain and Susan Newell. Uh, you ready for this? Man, th- this week is really a uh, Dragon Con friendly. Maybe is that is that I, right? you know what Dragon Con? I didn't even know that you even knew that that was a thing. I, my cousin's there. Okay, is he really? Yeah. All right. She she is. Oh, she is. Yeah. Well, dude, you need to let me know these things. She could be representing panel to screen or she something. She could be. She yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? Yeah. Yoda or Gandalf in a battle of the wits? Oh, uh, of the wits? Yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe uh, fighting and special powers and, like, you know, wicked, you know, moves that 
are very special to you know sing. i don't know like i i would go with yoda but in the wits i think i gotta go with gandalf you know i was about to say well you know yoda's got 900 years on him but then gandalf is technically some sort of like immortal being technically right yeah i mean he's pre-existed you know far beyond any other creature in middle earth perhaps maybe the elves well i don't know so i mean all right so but even still even at 800 years Yoda was still uh, making decisions that ended up being the downfall of the entire, you know, established yeah. uh, galaxy. So I guess you got to give it to... At what stage in Yoda? That's the question. <laughs> let's assume Let's assume it's Yoda right before he vanished. Okay. And Gandalf the White. You know, at their pinnacle of each, right? Yoda yeah. is... He's, at this point, he has... Uh, come to terms with the mistakes of the Jedi. He has gotten a kind of almost a, the, the Reformation, right? I've, I've made this comparison before. If you look at kind of, you know, the established Jedi Council pre... Bo is in his so, I mean, this is a nerd element. No. Extraordinary. Go ahead, Bo. I'm just saying, like, it's it's very, to some extent, uh, Qui-Gon was kind of the Martin Luther of the Jedi. His 95 Theses <laughs> was Anakin. Now, granted, it went maybe not the best way, which Catholics will appreciate that. <laughs> But if you look at Yoda, if you look at Yoda kind of post everything else, he's kind of in this, like their entire, his entire philosophy, his entire dogma has been yeah. shifted. And it's really kind of back to the core of the, what makes the Jedi connected to the force. No midichlorians, no all this dogma. It's just getting back to kind of the core within the, the faith, if you will. So, anyway. so Yoda or Gandalf? <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, What's a midichlor? Never mind. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know what? Yes. Uh, let, I'm, I'm, I think I'm kind of with you, Gandalf. Okay. I, I would prefer to give it to Yoda, but I think in in terms of wits, I, I think you got to give it to Gandalf. Okay. You just you just like saw a you, you witnessed a unicorn basically. J- just the beauty of what you just saw. <laughs> Bo and his complete element, getting really passionate about stuff that that is is in his own in his own world Christianity and Star Wars man that's fantastic I'm get into it go ahead alright peach cobbler or blackberry cobbler I gotta go with peach cobbler now th- this is hard for me because I like both blackberries I could probably eat blackberries more just as the fruit uh, but uh, peach cobbler uh, with the with the heavy kind of sugar on top man that's that's fine with some, with some vanilla ice cream I'm gonna have to agree with you on that uh, deep sea fishing or creek bank fishing Tom Sawyer style uh, deep sea fishing I'm going to go with Creek, just because that's a little bit more... That's of, more your speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've never been deep, she, deep sea fishing. I haven't either, but I... I you feel I, like you'd like it. I, I know I don't like Creek fishing, so I <laughs> maybe I'll like deep sea fishing Fair better. enough, fair enough. Uh, Italian or Chinese, there's uh, no specification as to what that's referring to. Yeah, it could be people, could be uh, just... Yeah. Culture. I, yeah, we're gonna go with food, and yep. if that's... And if, it's, if it is food, then I have to go with Italian. Gotta go with Italian. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, birthday would you prefer a huge surprise party or a small dinner with a, with uh, three people hmm. depends on how lonely i've been feeling <laughs> there's a point to that I, I think recently uh well i don't know I, I think on average a huge surprise party see for me it depends on which birthday it is yeah like if it's like a milestone like a 30th yeah or you know or, or well, if it's like in the 10 range, right? Right. Then I think I want a big party. Yeah. But any, but any given year, I think kind of a small get together. That's I'm, fair. I'm down with. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like so that. there you go. Those are great quick choir questions. Feel free to send them in. CSR at potisteri.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. 
Listener feedback this week. Polish X writes in, says, great show, down to earth and informative. Found these guys by accident. It's a great podcast, two guys that cover all sorts of topics, not just pipes. If you are entertaining pipe smoking, pipe culture, and uh, great chat that in conjunction, then this podcast is for you. Well, thank you, Polish X. That's great. Uh, yeah, this next one is from iTunes. It comes from the Dapper Man Can, and uh, he says, Legendary podcast. For those who seek informative, witty banter for subjects ranging from pipes and tobacco to pop culture and theology, you have just struck gold. Ow! Host Bo and JD bring the table bring to the table vast wealth of knowledge and experience with regards to pipe smoking and its industry. Uh, the topics they discuss and the guests they interview, from swordsmiths to pastors, are sure to fascinate and edify. Uh, here, there is a passion for the pipe pipe smoker and the pipe tobacco community as a whole that will make you want to embark on a quest to Jackson uh, like you had a long overdue appointment with destiny. <laughs> After a few episodes, you will feel as if you have known these gentlemen your whole life. Uh, thank you for such a truly epic dialogue, man. That, that is very high praise. Thank oh. you so much. Uh, the dapper man can, we, we appreciate that very much. Hope yeah. to see you in Jackson sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look, we love getting this kind of feedback and uh, love it whenever you guys write in, especially these iTunes reviews. Those are huge. So head over to iTunes, write us a review. And you know, if you uh, want to, if you've got an iPhone, we'd love for you to subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you don't, if you're on Android, man, have we got a great podcast yeah, player a, for you. There's a new place that people can find us on Android. That's right. right. Yeah. Look, the Satchel Podcast Player is a really, really awesome player for Android. There is absolutely no on-screen ads, no third-party ads. It is strictly you and us that is it's that, that experience is all about. So be sure to check it out, Satchel on uh, the Google Play Store on your Android device. You can subscribe to this show. You can subscribe to almost any podcast that's available out there. So be sure, check it out. If you happen to be a podcaster, by the way, you're going to want to register yourself for the Satchel Player at satchelplayer.com. It's a really, really awesome thing to do. We hope that you check it out. We also hope that you check us out. We do broadcast live every single Monday night on our after-hour show at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That's 5.30 Pacific. 8.30 Eastern. You can also follow us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole. And you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, our uh, Twitter handle for the show itself is at Squire Radio. All this information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. And I think, man, that is going to about do it for us for tonight. Yeah, dude. Great show. I had a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Let's uh, <laughs> get, get our kilts ready and get ready for some uh, excellent fun at Celtic Fest. I will see week. you this weekend. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, let's go have a night. See you, bro. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com.